Hey guys, this is Billy Metcalf from Fantasy Inquirer with episode six. Um, recording here tonight with a very special guest, Dom uh, Dom Johnson FFL at FF underscore Astronauts. You can find him at the Fantasy Football Astronauts. They do a lot of great stuff um, on Twitter, and then they also have a great website that he was just telling me about that I have not checked out, but I will check out. Uh, how you doing tonight, Dom? I'm good. How are you, man? Great, great. I uh, went out to eat earlier. It was my girlfriend's birthday Sunday with my parents and had some hibachi. Uh, they threw that stuff around and fire was in the air and all that good stuff. Yeah, it's a show. Yeah, so I'm still full from that, but other than that, I'm doing good. Um, we're going to shoot off tonight. Uh, we're going to talk about the chief situation what the heck is going on with the Chiefs? Um, we kind of talked before we got on here that we're both just going to wipe Hill off the board. We're just going to pretend that he's not even playing this year. We're not going to yeah. speculate on any of that. Um, so what do you think is going to happen there? Well, man, it's tough. Uh, one thing I want to point out first before we get, jump into like the target share um, is the moves they've been making this offseason have been mainly on the defensive side of the ball. They've added, um, I know they just added uh, defensive tackle. Uh, they've added some defensive backs. Um, they have just been making all these moves to help their defense. So um, I think, first off, I don't think that they're going to have over 600 um, throws again like they did last year. Um, so that's kind of going to help without like having to chuck the ball downfield um, and just play offense only like they did in 2018. Um, so that kind of eases the tension a little bit as far as who's going to get the targets. <laughs> um, but, you know, from what we have, just the Sammy Watkins, DeMarcus Robinson, Nicole Hardman, um, you know, it's hard not to give Sammy Watkins the majority of those targets just because he is the most talented player there. He was in that crazy 2014 draft with all those great wide receivers, and he still is very good. He just gets overlooked a lot um, because he was surrounded by all those talents and because he can't seem to stay on the field. <laughs> um, but I have him right now for just over 100 targets, uh, about 75 receptions, and just tiptoed over 1,000 yards. Ooh. Um, and that's, that's if he plays all 16 games. That is always the bugaboo with Sammy Watkins. <laughs> In a PPR format, I think that's that's around 220 with the touchdowns I have for him as well. How many is that? I think I have just just six receiving touchdowns at the moment. Um, I expect Kelsey to get a lot of the uh, red zone work. Um, so that puts him in the middle to low wide receiver one area. Um, so I think if Sammy stays healthy, he can do it. And where he's being drafted right now, I think that's a great value. Absolutely. Um, I, I have him ranked currently as a PPR 43, but I'm Ooh. baking in, I'm baking in this ranking that he's going to miss, you know, four or five, maybe 10 games, you know? Yeah. I just, if, if you told me today that Sammy Watkins would play 14 games guaranteed, you know, I'd probably have him around, uh, you know, Kevin Ridley, DJ Moore, uh, Cooper Cup range, maybe okay. even a little ahead of that, but I just I can't trust the guy. I've done it before, 
and uh, it always ends badly. Understandable. <laughs> that is understandable. <laughs> Can't blame you at all for that. Um, so, so that leads me to want to value Hardman and Robinson more. And these guys are just going crazy low in drafts. Um, I was telling you about how I was doing some FFPC uh, fantasy uh, football guys championship drafts already. I got four uh, in the bag. And uh, Hardman went in the eighth round and the tenth round. Uh, that's about where his ADP is in there. And sometimes Robinson's not going undrafted. But uh, I have a feeling as the summer goes around and people will, oh, wow, there's going to be a ton of targets if, uh, you know, Watkins gets hurt and Hill's really not there. He's got to throw the ball to somebody other than Kelsey. Yeah, that is, those are some likely variables, but there are still several variables for Hardman to have that opportunity. And that's, that's a little, little pricey for me. I'll take Hardman 12th maybe or later. Uh, the 8th just seems... Like a, uh, that's, that's swing for the fences. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> no, I'm not. I haven't taken him that high. Uh, kind of looked at it around that range, but in that range where, where these guys are taking him, I mean, I'm looking at the board right now. You have Will Fuller, uh, Christian Kirk, uh, Sterling Shepard. Right, bang, bang, bang. I mean, mm-hmm. I'd rather have all those guys over him. Absolutely. Personally, yeah. Absolutely. So. I don't know. It's just that Andy Reid offense and, you know, people trying to see, you know, hit a home run. So. Yeah. Uh, and, I mean, it's not like – I really think what the one is just a piece of the offense, and I can't blame them for that. You have an excellent um, gunslinger for a quarterback throwing the ball, um, and they're going to use it. They're not just going to hand it off because who are they going to hand it off to? Uh, Damian yeah, Williams. that's another good point. <laughs> anyway, he was good in the last four games, but they don't have that blanket to fall back on as far as, like, let's run the ball and still move the chains. Um, so I don't – I understand the um, – Carlos Hyde doesn't do it for you, you don't think? Uh, maybe in 2016. <laughs> uh, but, no, his, his yards per carry went from 3.9 to 3.3 the past two years. Um I, I, I have a hard time seeing Carlos Hyde as a anything more than just a very late handcuff. Sure, and we'll get into all that handcuff yeah. talk a little later here. Um, Mahomes, uh, I have luck over him now, just because of the Hill factor. I mean, I don't see mm-hmm. how he replicates that anyway. Even with Hill was there, he's not going to throw fifty-three touchdowns again. No, and uh, he's not. gone, he's probably, so he's got to regress, right? Absolutely. Um, for the large majority of the elite players who threw 50 touchdowns in a season, they all came crashing back to the low 30s the next year. Right. Um, so I, I expect a mid-30s, maybe high-30s touchdown year from him. Um, Which is some, pretty dang good. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I can't. I'm not going to say it was a fluke. The man's a, a very talented. Um, sure. But no, I don't think he's going to. Like, I don't think that's the the mean. I think yeah. you have to to average that out on the other side. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So we both think they're going to take a step back as an offense, especially without Tyreek Hill. But uh, I'm just trying to figure out. Between Harbin and Robinson, I mean, is there a world where one of these guys finishes top 25? 
Uh, that's that's a tough question. Um, With Watkins out, like say Watkins gets hurt again, he always does. <laughs> uh, well, it's it's tough because neither of them have really even hinted at that. Granted, Hardman's you know a rookie. Um, Demarcus Robinson hasn't flashed that even. He's had what three years in the league, four years in the league. True. And most of what his his work is is four targets a game, maybe somewhere around 10 yards per throw, um, except for week 17 when he had that random 89-yard bomb. Right. right. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's, it's hard to say just because he has the opportunity, he will capitalize on it because uh, that's not always the case. Uh, so I think Nicole Hardman has – I think he's going to have a lot of growing room, especially coming into an injury offense that is so complex. Absolutely. No, I couldn't agree more there. Uh, he's going to be a guy that's going to be overdrafted. I think I think I, we're both agreeing on that. I agree. I think <laughs> if I'm going to get McCole Hardman, I'm going to wait until week three or four when the person who drafted him too high is mad because he's not getting the production that he wants. Um, right. And so I'll, I'll send him some, some low-ball offers like a um, – I haven't even thought about who I would send over, but someone that – just doesn't really mean anything to my my roster just to get him just for the whole purpose like like uh Dion lewis or something or yeah. uh breed yeah, okay i got you um i'm not going to take Nicole in the 10th round yeah that's not, yeah. not gonna happen uh, and i could be wrong about him but sure if it's, i want to get him i want to be a value <laughs> yeah no no it's it's the andy reed offense like let's be honest if he was drafted by the Jets or, you know, somebody else, yeah. we would never be talking about this. So yeah, I am, I'm much more likely to – I actually just drafted um, Darwin Thompson in my uh, most recent uh, draft. I got him in the 15th round um, just because they spent, you know, some draft. I mean, it wasn't – The fifth round, I think? I think, yeah, fifth or sixth. It wasn't – I mean, fifth and sixth round picks have gone on to produce before. I think Jordan Howard was, what, ninth round? Um, yeah, I think Jordan Howard was a fifth round. And, yeah, there's been a lot of guys who have, um, who have hit in that range yeah. for sure. Um, so he's, he's only going to have two years maybe uh, to prove himself on the, in this, this offense. But I think he has the tools to do it. Um, and when Damian Williams shows his, tr- <laughs> his true Damian Williamness, uh, I think Darwin Thompson is the – and it's the favorite to get that um, that opportunity. Yeah, yeah. One of those guys is gonna have to jump in there, and there's gonna be a ton of value. And if you hit it right, you know that's that's the key here. You know, exactly. I, f- finding the pocket and hitting it right. That's right. Because I would, I, Damian Williams, I'm looking at him at 305. I've faded him in every draft I've done so far. Oh yeah. And uh, I've actually taken Hyde in like the ninth and tenth round a couple of times. Just. Just to have that, you know, maybe couple games of awesomeness <laughs> until maybe uh, uh, Darwin takes over or something. Yeah, exactly. And and, and Carlos Hyde, um, he used to be a great back and probably could still, but I just I don't see the pass catching ability that that this team is going to need. Um, sure, they're going to need that because of. They would have been great if they signed Kareem Hunt this year. I mean, <laughs> <geez>. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Um, okay, let's uh, move on from that here yeah. and talk about a couple uh, guys that we like that are going super late that we both think have uh, amazing potential here. Um, I'll go off and lead off the bat with one of my guys first. Uh, okay. Devin Funchess. A uh, lot of people are down on him uh, this year, it seems, and he went to the Indianapolis Colts. And I remember something very eerily similar happened last year with a guy who everyone was down on and went to the Indianapolis Colts. <laughs> and I think he had 14 touchdowns and one Eric Ebron. So <laughs> am, yeah, am I missing fair. something here? Uh, <laughs> the, the whole, you know, Eric Ebron's never been a pillar of health, right? T.Y. Hilton has certainly never been a pillar of health. I know they drafted Paris Campbell. Am I wrong here to think that uh, Devin Funches could have double-digit touchdowns? No, I don't think you are at all. Um, what I love about this landing spot is the offensive line. Usually we talk about offensive line when it comes to running backs and how offensive lines matter, not necessarily running backs. But I think it matters a lot for deep threats or for goal line, uh, sorry, touchdown vultures like Ebron and like Funches. Um, because the more time that Andrew Luck has to to read, the more time that Funches has to make his route and to get position, the more like opportunities he's going to have in the end zone. So absolutely, yeah, I think that, Funches could have double-digit touchdowns this year. Yeah, yeah. It, I mean, it, it's injuries happen all the time, but even even if you know these those guys are healthy all year, he's still going to get a lot of targets. I think. I mean, I'm not saying he's going to get Hilton targets or anything. No. But uh, there's a lot of lot of you know if stuff breaks right, I mean he, okay we can all both agree he he easily has the upside of a top twenty five receiver I think yes. in PPR, yes. yes I mean and where he's going, uh, in my fantasy inquiry rankings I have him as uh, wide receiver forty right now, I'm gonna be updating it's been a couple of weeks I like to do it at least every three weeks but I'm gonna probably try to massage him into close to the top thirty five maybe even uh, top thirty. Uh, now, I'm looking at the draft I did last weekend, and he went at the 11.06. So that's not wow. early. That's not really that late. You know, I mean. He just went beginning of the 12th round of this one. I just did as well. Okay. I mean, let's look at some guys going around in receivers. Uh, right here, Christian Kirk. Paris Campbell actually went ahead of him in this draft. Hmm. Three picks ahead of him. So I would never do that. <laughs> uh, the rookie fever, man. It's unreal. Yeah. Well, I, I, I got a little bit of B. Cole fever, I guess, kind of. But uh, Sterling Shepard, John Brown, Paris Campbell, Christian Kirk. Funchess just has so much more upside than any of those guys. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, Funchess, for me, is a little more uh, like valuable. Not valuable. What am I trying to say? Enticing. There it is. Yeah. In standard leagues, especially. Um, I don't see him as a possession piece. They have T.Y. to stretch the field. They have Paris Campbell as their possession piece, as well as Jack Doyle. They have Ebron and Funches for the red zone. Sure. Um, and so in standard leagues, when touchdowns are still six and receptions are um, washed, I think Funches kind of begin, like, kind of stands out in the league around those guys, especially. Um, because, I mean, guys like uh, Edelman, play, players that, Playing the slot, um, you know, they in PPR leagues they have so much more value, uh, but in standard, people like Funchess and Ebron, people who just get touchdowns. Absolutely. Are what you want? 
Yeah, absolutely. Let's uh, move on to, um, you want to go ahead and throw out a guy out here that you got? Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. My first one I wanted to talk about was D.D. Um, Westbrook. Nice. Um, or really just any of these Jaguar um, pass catchers. Um, they have had trouble uh, catching balls from the worst quarterback last year in Blake Bortles. Mr. Bortles? Yes, and so Nick Foles is not, <laughs> I mean, he's not like uh, on the other end of the spectrum by any means, but he absolutely is an upgrade. Um, so I don't expect for any of them to break out and have a wide receiver one um, year, but players like D.D. Westbrook and Keelan Cole who are talented and have been talented, just haven't been given the opportunity um, or just the accuracy in their throws, um, yep. ha- now have a chance to, to be utilized. Um, and where they're going in drafts is is value. Um, I think Didi just went 12, 12th round in this, this last draft. Um, and he's, he's a guy I, I'm big on. I think he can... He can take the next step this year, maybe two. <laughs> no, no, I, you know, we we didn't talk about this at all before, but I'm a big D.D. Westbrook lover. Uh, I wrote a big piece on him last year. I thought he was going to take a step with Tyler Lockett, and uh, I drafted the, the heck out of both those guys last year. And uh, yeah. fortunately, he had, uh, I like Bortles, throwing him the ball, and that yeah. ended badly. But uh, this year, I have him, I have him as the uh, wide receiver 31 in PPR, and uh and uh, in this last draft I did, he went at the nine, nine oh six. Oh wow! And uh, and I've drafted him in the middle of the ninth round. I know at least twice okay. so far this year. So yeah. he is. Uh, I, I couldn't agree more. I actually was. Uh, uh, I think Josh Rick wrote on Twitter. He had a good thing about uh, Bortles loves the slot and Westbrook lines up in the slot. And, For sure. uh, <laughs> it really made me excited. I was like, God, don't stop tweeting this. You know, I don't want anyone else to see this. And it's just, I'm like, man, they're just, he's going to be so slept on. Yeah, absolutely. I have him at 27, I think, right with Tyler Lockett, which you mentioned. Yeah, no, that's, that's great. He's, yeah, that's, I couldn't agree more with that pick. Uh, what was, who was your other one? My other one was going to be a tight end here. Uh, Dallas Goddard of the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, it's kind of in the. Uh, uh, I'm looking at that as kind of a handcuff of a tight end, almost, of a guy in Ertz who started his career banged up a lot. And uh, Dallas Goddard, I remember last year watching the draft and we were like, oh, who are the Eagles going to pick? Oh, they're going to get a linebacker or something. Tight end at the end of the first round, you know, everyone freaks out. Well, they yeah. got Ertz. What are they going to do? You know, it's like a bomb dropped. But, uh, yeah, they invested the draft capital in him. And I read a piece uh, last week on the coach saying, listen, he's going to be involved in the offense this year. It's not just going to be the Ertz show, you know. Right. So, I, you know, it's kind of like Doyle, Ebron last year, where everyone drafts Doyle. But, I mean, obviously a lot more. You're obviously going to draft Ertz a lot higher than that. But it's kind of the comp I was looking for where, you know, if he gets banged up or something, Goddard steps right in to – Probably top seven every week, plug-and-play guy. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Carson Wentz loves him some tight ends. Yep. Uh, yeah, I, I completely agree with that pick. I think we were talking about earlier um, how much like um, Ebron uh, of a comp 
uh, Goddard was. Um, is that right? Is, did I get that right? Yeah, yeah, that was uh, just t a total kind of uh, a handcuff almost of a tight end where you, you don't really expect that much out of him, but you just kind of hope that, I mean, you don't want to hope that the player gets hurt, but if he does get hurt, you know, you got a good insurance policy. Absolutely. Uh, which is, is, is not often that you get that with tight ends. Most of the time um, when a tight end gets hurt, you grab the next guy, but he's just not used. <laughs> um, if Kelsey goes down, you grab Blake Bell, you're not going to get anywhere near the Kelsey production. You're not even going to get a top 15 probably tight end production from Blake right. Bell. But if Urge goes down, Goddard can get you in the top eight tight ends week in, week out. And that's not very often that you get that. Yeah, and you can get him for nothing. I exactly. mean, Exactly. He's <laughs> definitely worth the late rounds. <laughs> it's a no-brainer, I think. Especially if you're going to take a tight end early, like an uh, you know, maybe handcuff with Ertz. But if you're going to get Kelsey or somebody or uh, Kittle, good insurance policy, I think. I completely agree. Um, yours is a tight end, uh, and my last one is also going to be a tight end. Actually, I take that back. This is I told you before we started the show, I was trying to decide between these two guys, both on the same team, but Vance McDonald and Dante Moncrief. Uh, I'm going to make small cases for both of them. Super quick. Okay. Uh, so, start with Dante. Um, Dante Moncrief is going to play the outside. He is going to um, be their, their first up, assuming that Deontay Johnson isn't an animal and just overtakes him. Um, <laughs> could happen. <laughs> yeah, it could. <laughs> but for now, um, Juju is still going to be playing in the slot, from what I heard. Um, so, he's going to own the middle of the field. He, Matt Harmon's perception, reception perception, has him completely dominating all the things that he needs to play the slot. But what he is not very good at right now is press coverage, downfield plays, the things that Dante Moncrief is good at. Um, so when they double cover Chuju in the middle of the field, and Ben is used to throwing 150 times to Antonio Brown deep down the field, well, now what are they going to do? Dante Moncrief is all you have left. So I'm not a Moncrief truther as far as like thinking that his talent goes beyond what he's really capable of, but I just love the opportunity for Dante Moncrief in this offense with the holes that they just had. Um, so I think especially because right now he hasn't been drafted. We're in the 16th round of, of um, this, oh, yeah. this league that I'm drafting right now. He's he's super late, and I am I am absolutely willing to take a risk for the outside receiver for the Steelers. Yeah, no, that's that's a great case right there. I like that a lot. Um, he, uh, the, I'm looking at the draft board right now from last week. I did 20 rounds. He didn't even get drafted. But uh, let me ask you this here: what what do you think about James Washington? There is he worry at all? Um, James Washington, I see more as the um, the Z, uh, I have a hard time. He just, he, I, I just saw some news that he, he slimmed down, um, which. Best shape of his life type deal. <laughs> it's just, which isn't normally what you want from, from wide receivers. Right. But he also was at 225. So I guess going down to 212 is, is not, not that bad of a thing. Um, especially when he's not even six feet, but, um, you know, I think 
James Washington has the potential um, to do that. He just hasn't shown it, really. Um, in all the games that he's had last year, it hasn't looked pretty. Um, yeah, he plays outside. Um, he, he is an, another vertical threat. Um, but Dante Moncrief looks like a much more proven receiver. Um, yeah, no, that's – and he's, he's – I mean, I, I have 102 players ranked receivers, and I have him 75. And uh, I'm sleeping on him, but you're making great points. Like, I got James Washington at uh, 51. Mm-hmm. So I'm higher than I don't know. I think a lot of people really like James Washington a lot. He's he went in the tenth round in this draft, but uh, you know I'd I'd much rather you know do what you're saying and get Moncrief late. Yeah, absolutely. For, for nothing than try to invest in a guy you know like Washington or Thompson that people are gonna freak out over. That's that's a great point. Um, you brought up McDonald. Let me ask you this: what, what do you think of him this year? I'm trying to get a read on him, and I'm just not getting a good one. Yeah, I, I love Vance uh, for this year, uh, especially, again, with that same offense. Um, just lots of targets to go around. Um, and, I mean, they can't all go to the deep threat of Washington and Moncrief. They can't go much more to Juju uh, over the like in the slot. His um, tight end on the other side, Jesse James, is not with them anymore. Um, their next, I think their next best tight end is Xavier Grimble. Um, so obviously they believe in, in Vance McDonald. Yeah. Um, he finished as the tight end number 10 in PPR drafts last year. Um, he had which, some monster games. Yeah, which was kind of sneaky. He only had four touchdowns. Um, but when he was on the field, they went to him, even with AB and Juju. Um, and so I, th- I think he just has to. Um, I think he can, and I think they have to use him. Um, uh, they have pass catchers in, 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 on the, in their backfield. They have James Conner and, and Jalen Samuels. Um, but still, you have to upgrade Vance's targets from last year. Yeah, I mean, there's what, 140 with Brown gone? or I mean, it's just crazy. Yeah, absolutely. So that's uh, I mean, a no, that's a great point. Oh, uh, sorry. Oh, you're fine. He was averaging five, uh, about five targets a game last year, um, which is good. It's still good. Um, and so if he goes up to seven or eight a game, like he just has the potential to be a top six tight end, and yeah. you can grab him in the ninth, tenth round. Yeah, like. You know, some of the guys that are, I'm looking at this board from last week again, and uh, he went as tight end 10. Uh, Ebron, Cook, Hunter, Henry, Joku, Ingram, Howard, uh, and then the big three all went in front of him. Right. Um, you know, you're making a good case. Uh, you know, Cook, Henry, Joku, I mean, McDonald, I, I don't see any reason why he couldn't have a better year than those guys. Yeah. This, this is the first year. I'll say this about tight ends. This is the first year where I felt – like, I don't have to spend the absurd draft capital to make sure I get a great tight end. If Kelsey yep. falls to me in round two, I'll take him. Yes, because of the value there. But if I don't get Kittle, Ertz, or Kelsey, I'm not that worried about tight ends. There are so many great tight ends 
this year that I love their opportunity and I think they're going to have good years. This is the first year I can remember even thinking that. Um, and, and that's kind of, uh, you know, you know, against the grain, what people are saying. I, I hear, you know, oh, my God, after the big three, it's, uh, you know, Howard, Ingram, and Najoku. Then there's nothing, you know. I mean, people are acting like there's nobody to draft after that, and they're throwing all these guys away, like uh, McDonald and, uh, you know, a guy like Austin Hooper, Burton. Henry. I mean, yeah. 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 Um, there's lots of, of great names this year, and even even the rookies. I like all three big rookies, Herb Smith, Noah mm-hmm. Fant, and TJ Hawkinson. Yeah. Um, I like their situations, too. Um, yeah. Ish, I'm not worried about tight ends this year like I have been in the past. No, and some people are scared to death. I, yeah, I totally agree. I'm like, what do you mean? I was listening to another podcast that I like a lot, and they're like, oh, my God, it's so dry. I'm like, what? <laughs> Craziness. Yeah, I need to leave them a... Yeah, it's like, I mean, if you want, you know, if taken outside of the top five tight ends, you know, not for the faint of heart for you, I, can, I don't know what to say. So, yeah. so we both agree that's deep there. Um, let's get into some uh, handcuff running back talk here. Um, I wrote an article on my website, fantasyinquire.com, and uh, the top 15 handcuffs, we'll just do the top 10 here for... Uh, just time purposes, and plus handcuffs get kind of, you can drone on forever, and anybody's backup to backup can be a tight end, but yeah. uh, we kind of agreed here that uh, some handcuffs that people think are handcuffs, we don't think are handcuffs, like Tyreek Cohen and David Montgomery, mm-hmm. uh, Sonny Michelle, James White, Alvin Kamara, Latavius Murray, uh, Tevin Coleman, Jarek McKinnon, and then uh, the Seattle guys, Penny and Carson, and uh, the, the barber... Ronald Jones, uh, <laughs> Magic 8-Ball, you know, one of those guys is going to do something. Yeah, one of them is a handcuff, <laughs> we just don't know which one. Is. Yeah, uh, what's, what's your lean here, real quick? <laughs> uh, personally, I'm leaning Ronald Jones, um, just because uh, he really didn't have the opportunities last year. Um, he, what, carried 20 times. Um, now, he's not, I don't think he's the most flashy back, um, but... Certainly, surely, he's better than Peyton Barber. Um, but they love Peyton Barber there. I mean, I know it's a new regime with uh, Bruce Arians, and it should be a lot, you know. Yeah. Th- this should be a great offense. I mean, I yeah. love a lot of players. I feel it's very similar to uh, the Seattle backfield, um, except obviously a little less talented on both ends. Um, but in the Seattle offense, everyone thought Penny was going to get all the work. But so many reports kept saying Carson looks like the best back out of the, um, like in training in CTAs. And lo and behold, it was. Carson led those rushes. Um, And this offseason, I think I've seen two or three different um, articles or just little media things. Now, I take them very lightly with lots of grains of salt. Um, Right. But they keep pointing to Ronald Jones. Um, Yeah. So I'm not going to say that's my absolute reasoning and say Ronald Jones (laughs) just because coach talk um, yeah but I haven't I haven't heard a lot about Peyton Barber impressing or Peyton Barber looking good in OTAs and, and such so um, yeah I've just I just heard this you know I've heard the hype articles like you about Jones and I've heard the coaches like Barber I, I did see a couple of things like that mm-hmm. and then uh, it just it seems like he always kind of hangs around but uh yeah you know Jones is a second round pick out of USC and uh 
He was great in college, you know. Yeah. I think his problem was, I heard, he just was so out of shape last year. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, um, we actually, art, uh, astronauts have an article on their site about um, draft capital and what that means um, and kind of looked over the past years and um, looking at draft capital and how many years, um, probability-wise, it takes for them to prove themselves. Um, and second-round picks, that capital usually gets about three three to four years to prove themselves and like they keep given chances um, so I think Ronald Jones is the safest right now because he had that high draft capital he's going to get two maybe three more years to really prove himself as either a capable back or a complete bust um, absolutely so, so I'll keep I'll keep trying on Ronald Jones yeah, no, that's, you know, it's kind of a coin flip. I, I, I kind of, I was leaning in Barber, but you make a good case. Uh, I think I've drafted both of them kind of mm-hmm. late, just to hope to hit on one. Yeah. Uh, it's May 31st, and I have heard, <laughs> I have heard people say that uh, Matt Breida would look pretty good in the uh, old Buccaneers helmet down there. Uh, you know, there's, there's talk of trades with guys. Um, I haven't heard that, but I would, I would buy <laughs> I would buy, buy, buy. So, I mean, things could change there, but this is the world we're operating in right now. Yeah. So, um, Okay, so let's get to the straight handcuffs here. Okay. I have Daryl Henderson as uh, my number one handcuff. I think everybody knows who he is by now. Yeah. Um, he's going, and the few drafts I've done, in the sixth round. Hmm. And uh, I see where he just went. he's not even, you know, people aren't even remotely buying him as a handcuff but obviously he is a handcuff because we you know if Gurley's still going to play 80 percent of the downs which i don't think he is personally mm-hmm. um but if he doesn't and if we think Gurley's as hurt as he's going to be and the coach already said he wants to split carries you know to an extent for us Gurley, he could win your league if he's if Gurley misses time you know yeah um i think that they're thinking of Daryl Henderson, much like people are thinking of Nicole Hartman. Um, they think that they're just going to be able to plug in and do exactly what Tyreek Hill or Gurley did, um, which is why he's going in the sixth round, which is crazy. Um, now, I, I love – I think Daryl Henderson has to be the most valuable handcuff there is. Um, but I don't know. Sixth round is pricey. Um, and did we, did we forget about Malcolm Brown and the offer sheet that they matched? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, a lot of people have. <laughs> he's just, he's not the only guy there. So And they stole him from Detroit, too. Didn't yeah. Detroit have, yeah. So they wanted him, uh, you know, badly. But, uh, I, you know, I think you were kind of hitting at it. Something's wrong with Gurley, right? Oh, absolutely. They, I mean, you can, you always have to look at what teams do more than you listen to what they say. Um, so they keep saying it's not overblown, it's it's not a problem, we're gonna, just going to you know, regress them a little bit, split carries, but that's not what they are looking like they're doing. It looks like they are trying to replace Gurley for when he goes down, uh, or when he can't play. Yeah. Um, people were worried and wondering why he wasn't playing in the playoffs, and... Um, it's not we because, know why, yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's not because C.J. Anderson is just so good you have to give him time. It's because Gurley couldn't play. Yeah. And so when it, that happens, Malcolm Brown, Daryl Henderson are going to be on one of the 
most high-powered offenses in the NFL. So you have to get them. Um, so yeah. he absolutely is one of the most um, valuable handcuffs in, in, in fantasy. You have to get him, I think, and Malcolm Brown. If you, can get, you can get Malcolm Brown a lot later, though. But I think if you have one, you need to have both. Yeah, I mean, just lock up that backfield there. Yeah. Um, you know, Henderson, I, I loved him in college, and some people will say, they played in a weaker division, you know. And uh, he averaged 5.6 yards per carry two years in a row. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't care who you are or who you're playing with. That's a lot of yards. Yeah, it is. You know, uh, so I, I'm, I'm, I'm hands off a girly this year. I don't know what you're mm-hmm. doing, what your approach is. Is there a price for you? So yeah. I'm looking at the 210 he fell. I think nearly the end of the th- uh, the beginning of the third round. Um, I mean, that's just too big of a risk to take. Um, if it was just a, um, like we think he's going to start splitting carries, then yeah, that's probably about right. But I don't think that's it. I think this is a sky is falling type situation. Um, so if he goes, uh, he's never going to do this. I don't think this is possible. But if he drops to the fourth round, I would probably take him. Yeah. No, no, I, I, I completely agree. And um, if he started sitting out, like, if we got to July, like, 15th, and he wasn't practicing, you would, I think you'd see him slip to the third, fourth, you know. Oh, yeah. Uh, he'd drop like a rock, I think. And yeah. I, I, I'm surprised there's that many people who are high on Henderson. Uh, it's not that we're so high on Henderson. It's just we know something's wrong with Curly. Yeah, That's. Exactly. Kind of the point. Mm-hmm. So uh, we'll move along here to uh, the number two best handcuff that we like. Um, I have Edo Smith of the Falcons. Uh, I think their first four picks in the draft were linemen. I mean, they really beefed up this line. Yeah. Um, absolutely. And I think it's a great spot or a great handcuff uh, just because um, he's not known for it, but he does have that pass catching ability. Um, very similar to Devonta Freeman, um, and their line is this much better now. Um, so, and though I'm not uh, just absolutely terrified of Devonta Freeman's injury history, I'm still taking him in the fifth, sixth round if I can. Um, I think Edo Smith is is a good guy to have, especially in these late rounds. Um, now, also, I heard you mention on your, your last podcast uh, about, I don't think you said that they didn't draft another running back, but uh, I think they did. I think they drafted uh, Kadri Allison. Yeah, yeah. No, you're right. Um, now, I don't know much about him, and they didn't spend a ton on him, I don't think. Um, I believe a seventh round. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, I don't, I think he's... Potentially a guy you need to pick up off the waivers um, just in case, uh, especially in like a really deep dynasty league. Not Definitely not in redraft. Redraft, don't forget anything about Allison. But I think Allison also has a potential to to be used in the same way that Ido could be if Devonta goes down. Yeah, no, no, that's that's a great point there. And, um you know, the thing about me with Ito is I'm, or with uh, Freeman, I, I think I'm almost hands off of Freeman. I've been a big Freeman guy in the past. Mm-hmm. I kind of avoided that landmine last year. I think I only drafted him in one team of like 15. But uh, I just, 
his concussion history alone, in the past two seasons, he's had three concussions, uh, yeah. multiple leg injuries. Uh, I just, after they signed him for that contract, it's just two years ago, it's just been downhill. And I mean, I know he's in the best shape of his life now. I've heard that he's looking awesome in camp. But uh, I just, I, that's a too big a risk for me to take, honestly. I understand. And I, every time I've, I've drafted him, like in mock drafts, in the fourth round, I feel bad about it. Fifth and sixth, I think it's great. Um, yeah. I like him a lot just because of the outside he brings. Um, he is a big risk, but he also has a big reward, um, especially because of the same reasons we talked about with Edith Smith. They did just beef up their linemen. Um, and now they have someone they don't, he doesn't have Tevin Coleman stealing his pass catching duties in the backfield anymore. Um, Devonta Freeman, that's what he did really well in like 2015 and 2016. He right. Was oh yeah. 70 times. Um, so especially in PPR leagues, he can have like top end running back one season. Um, but it is a risk. It is, is a big risk. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's tough. I I just like, for instance, this uh, recent draft I did, he went at the three oh five. I haven't seen him sneak out of the fourth round yet. So a lot of people, you know, they're still in it for that. You know, they're looking at this offensive line and they're looking at you know a great offense, and that's uh, it's a big reward. I mean, maybe I should. You know, I I hate to never say never in fantasy <laughs> football. No, because yeah. I, I used to do that and it was kind of stupid. And, uh, you know, even players that I don't like, you know, especially if you're going to do like 10, 15 leagues, you almost have to have, you know, just to cover your bases. Yeah. But, uh, boy, I, I don't know where you're at, but I, I, I'll take Derrick Henry over him every day, even in the PPR. Wow. Uh, I just, that, that tier running backs I'm kind of looking at right now, it's like Fournette, Damian Williams, Freeman, Henry, Josh Jacobs, Aaron Jones, Sony Michelle. Uh, it's a lot of, there's a few landmines in there mm-hmm. and it's kind of about navigating your way through it. Um, I think if Marlon Mack have put him in there, I'd probably like him the most. I'm not sure where you are on Mack. I, I like, I'm, I feel very similar to how, um, Mike Wright from the fantasy footballers feels. I want the, um, running back for the Colts. I don't care who it is. Um, so if that's Mack, and I can get him in the fourth round, third round, yeah, yeah, I'll grab him. But I'm not in love with Marlon Mack himself. Right. Uh, yeah, he's he's another guy who's been banged up forever, it yeah. seems. And then he came back last year, which just lights out. Mm-hmm. So let's move on to the yeah. uh, number three I got here. I have Royce Freeman. Um, he, uh, I remember last year in preseason, he flashed big, and uh, everyone, you know, he rushed up the draft boards to the third, fourth, fifth round, and uh, you know, lo and behold, he finished the season well behind Lindsey. Um, <laughs> but uh, Lindsey kind of, you know, he has something to prove this year, you know, after being Cinderella last year, and he has a wrist injury that'll keep him out till August, they say. Yeah. So, what do you think about Freeman? I like Rush Freeman a lot. Um, I think that where he's going now is a good value um, just because they, they do have that draft capital invested in him. Um, granted, that obviously didn't mean anything for 2018 as they gave Lindsey the rock more often. But, um, yeah, I think he definitely has 
the potential to be the lead back for for that offense um, with Lindsay's injury history with his honestly just his, his temper and he got suspended last game for punching a dude yeah um, I think they're not tied to Lindsay at all um, so although he's talented they play two very different roles I think it could be a very similar granted not as good as Kamara Murray situation um, but Royce he has a talent to do it um, and I like him where he's going right now um, so he actually believe it or not in this this draft just went ahead of Latavius Murray um, what pick was that uh, nine three nine three okay yep. draft I'm looking at he went the six four so I mean, there's there's gonna be people that I mean, they're trying to read the situation right now, and you know, what if Lindsey's out for the first month of the season or something? If yeah, uh, if Lindsey's out, like not there, I'll think about Freeman and Royce Freeman in the sixth round. But even right. then, like that's that's high. I, I didn't think I, I I didn't think his wrist injury is gonna take that long. And they're like, hey, he's gonna be out till you know mid August. I'm like, what? So. Yeah. I mean, David Johnson played with a broken wrist. He can, too. Right. right. Okay, let's move along here. Uh, my number four, I have uh, Jalen Samuels. Uh, he was great last year when Connor missed those few games. He actually helped me, helped me you know, win a few leagues in the playoffs. Um, he probably will have standalone value sometimes, I think. I mean, he might not even be a handcuff. But if Connor misses any time, I personally think he's probably – you know, he's a top 15 guy. I'll have him ranked every week. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think especially with his pass-catching ability, um, and he just he runs pretty well. Like, the opportunities he had at the end of last year gave him, uh, you know, those high uh, yards per carry. Um, and is this, this the same Jalen Samuels that had the tight end? Yeah. Yep. Okay, that's what I thought. So especially if he has that tight end declaration, yeah, he's he's not a bad little late take some snack. catches away from Vance, maybe, huh? <laughs> <laughs> uh, at the very least, you can put him in that tight end spot. <laughs> yeah. Oh, did you hear about uh about Snell? They're like they might they might use Snell too, and Samuels and Connor. Did you hear that last week? No. Yeah, I'm like, what? Oh wait, yes, that that any of them could yeah. take the starting role. Yeah, I'm like, shut up. Oh, bless. Yeah. It's May people. That's the yeah. thing, is especially in dynasty leagues, it may seem slow, but people tilt hard in May because um, there's nothing else to yeah. do, and so they read and they look at a lot of, of fantasy stuff, um, and so people could sell James Conner or like want to buy Benny Snell as a James Conner owner for way more than he's actually worth. Yeah, you get that little blurb from a coach or something, and I mean, you know, people scramble like you said; they go on tilt. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, next, I have uh, Carlos Hyde. I think we covered him pretty mm-hmm. good in the prior. Uh, we're not big Williams guys. Um, I, I'm a pretty big Hyde guy, but uh, I think you're looking for uh, is it Darwin Williams or is it Darren Thompson? Thompson, Darren Thompson. Uh, you're kind of waiting for him, and that's a that's that's a big handcuff. I mean, if it you is. hit on that baby, whoo, that is. Yeah, I just don't think Hyde has the, the pass-catching ability to really succeed in an Andy Reid offense. Yeah, it'll it'll be interesting. He's still getting drafted like it, though. I mean, some people are still, and I'm one of them, still kind of <laughs> taking a peek and redraft him. I'm just kind of peeking. I, I, 
just we'll see here. So. Yeah, I mean, every player has a value. So if he drops enough, I'll take him too. But where he's going right now is is, is too pricey for my blood. Yep. Um, here at six, I got Deontay Foreman. Uh, he's back after missing a year. I remember. I don't know if you remember his injury uh, in 2017 when he was scored like a 25-yard touchdown. Remember, and ran in the end zone and fell down. Yeah, blew out his Achilles. <laughs> like, that was what? wild. Yeah, it's like, oh my God, he's finally coming on. Oh, he's on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, where do you stay on Lamar Miller? Uh, well, Lamar has been consistently mediocre. Um, I, I like Lamar fine, but um, I was big on Deonta Foreman last year, actually. I think he sat on my IR um, in, my re- in my one keeper league for I probably half a season. He's going to come back like every other four weeks, I remember that. Yep, and then I dropped him to get Des Bryant and put him on my IR. So. Who did he play for last year? Well, he got signed for the yeah. Saints, never actually played. Um, he blew his Achilles, or was it his what is ACL, uh, Des? Emmanuel Sanders blew his yeah. Achilles. I'm trying to remember what Des did. He had, I mean, they signed him. I'm like, wow, that's pretty crazy. And then all of a sudden, I saw a report like he already tore his ACL or something. I'm like, what? It was his Achilles, too. Okay, yeah, I thought that. I'm like, yeah, bizarre. So yeah, I, I'm I'm with you. I, I saw some data from, uh, gosh, I can't remember who it was, but people who come back from this injury, especially running backs, they typically don't succeed. Yeah. Um, you've probably seen that too. Yeah. Uh, but but Miller is just. Oh, he's just so mediocre. Mm-hmm. But at the very least, he's consistently mediocre. Right. Um, plus, I will say this. I am going, especially at the value right now, I am going to buy both of them if I can, or just this Texans running back. Um, Houston had the worst offensive line last year. Um, and yep, they, they made moves. They made moves to fix that. Um, so, one, I'm buying Deshaun Watson. Um, and two, I want this running back, whoever it is. Um, I'll take Lamar Miller where he is, um, but I'm not going to be super excited about it, but I will have this little uh, like glimmer of hope uh, more than I've had in the past with Lamar Miller um, just because of this offensive line improvement. Yeah, no, those are great points. I, uh, I still have Lamar Miller as my running back 28. Mm-hmm. Um, Trying to see where he's going in drafts here. I, re- I haven't taken him at all this year. I've, I've kind of just, I don't know, Lamar Miller fatigue because I, I was a Lamar Miller guy for a long time. Yeah. And uh, I mean, he wasn't he doesn't kill you, but he doesn't help you. Mm-hmm. Uh, like he went at the seven oh seven last week in this draft. Okay. I just got him in the end of the eighth round, right before Rashad Penny. Uh, so I mean, at that price, I had to. Um, but, and also, this would you is, go with him or Penny? If you I, had went to? With, so I went with Lamar Miller over Penny. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Before him. Gotcha. Yeah. Penny went right after Lamar. Yeah. Okay. Just because I like that situation too much. Um, yeah, it's that offense is going to be good. I mean, I, I, I'm a big Watson guy. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know. So, I think from what I've seen from Deontay Foreman, going back to just the handcuff himself, um, this offseason has looked good 
Um, I've seen videos of him running, him running, him catching, um, doing some sharp lateral movements, and he looks good. Um, I will say, just because we have talked about injuries a good bit, um, I this research phase of my next article that I'm in right now is about injuries um, and re-injury risk and um, just, like, what that means, how to navigate injuries to NFL players and, like, which ones matter, which ones don't. Um, exactly. Um, so I have done a lot more on hamstrings than I have Achilles, um, but from what I've learned, like, Deontay Foreman won't be the same back he was, but he could be very close. Um, that's that's all up to him and his his rehab, and he spent an entire year rehabbing this. Um, so uh, I think he could be close to the same back that he was before he tore um, his Achilles. But that's the thing is he he'll never be he'll never be able to run as fast and move as quickly as he could before. Sure, he'll just he lost that burst that he had. Um, originally, that's a great point there. Um, so, where where would you take him, Foreman? If you, um, if you got Miller, would you definitely take him as your handcuff? I I would wait as long as I could. Where did he just go? I was going to take him in this this league, but I think he got taken. He got taken in the tenth round of this past league. Uh, people are really high on the yep. Foreman, higher than I thought they'd be. Ten um, ten, he went in this league. I mean, yeah, no people. There's. There's some Deontay Foreman truthers out there. I mean, yeah, I like his talent. Um, I think he has spent ample time rehabilitating um, his injury. I would look at him in the in the late mid-teens, probably like the probably starting around 13, 14. I would start looking at him if he's still there. Right now, he's not going to be. Yeah. Um, but if I had Lamar Miller, I might move him up to the tenth or eleventh round. Um, but that's sure. the thing. That's that's only two or three rounds after I'd want to take Lamar Miller. So yeah, it's like, what are we doing? Yeah, it's it, it sounds like that there's gonna be people who like him uh, more than both me and you, basically. Yeah, yeah a lot of people. <laughs> and then we'll we'll, we'll let him take him. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, coming at number seven here, I have Justin Jackson and Eckler. Um, Eckler, pro- you know, he obviously has standalone value of his own and PPR. Um, so we can just talk about Justin Jackson a little, yeah. little bit. Uh, he he won people championships last year um, down the stretch there. I, I know a friend of mine had, uh, who did he have? He had Melvin Gordon. He went down. He had James Conner. He went down. And he had Kareem Hunt. He got suspended all in the same week. He lost all those guys. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, he didn't have any of the handcuffs. And, uh, like, Samuel stepped right in for Conner and was – awesome and Justin Jackson had you know I think two 20 point games on that stretch and was great yeah he uh I'm looking at Justin's uh stats right now uh, from last year and week 15 was his his big uh 16 point game um, yep so he had but the week after he he caught he caught a good number of, of, of balls um so Justin Jackson I think I don't know much about him. Last year, I spent most of my um, uh, concentration, um, effort, focus, that's the word I'm looking for, on Eckler um, and how much I just love him and his standalone value like you were talking about. I think absolutely Eckler is going to be great. Justin Jackson, I don't know as much about. 
other than he had this one breakout game. Um, but I will say Justin Jackson will have a good chance of opportunity in this offense. Um, like I was talking about earlier, I've done a good bit of research with hamstring injuries. And Melvin Gordon sat out several weeks last week, last year, due to hamstring issues. Now, none of it was a tear, like a, he tore it so he's out the rest of the season or several games, like, or eight games in a row. But sure. I think he took two little two-week hiatuses kind of to um, rest. Um, so I think the two best options are, or the two options I kind of see happening or scenarios, whatever, is that he continues to rest every once in a while, and Justin Jackson has those like weeks late in the season, just like last year, or because of the re-injury risk of hamstring inj- injuries, I think um, I've, I've seen a little bit of research, and anywhere between four and seven times, according to different studies, um, if you injure your hamstring, you are four to seven times more likely to re-injure your hamstring um, than someone just randomly in- injuring your hamstring. Right. Wow. So Melvin Gordon is has a, has a, a red flag on him for me um, because of these problems. Same with Leonard Fournette. Um, yeah, I was just about to ask you about that. Uh, what do you think about him and his hamstrings? I mean, <laughs> Leonard Fournette. Yeah. I am not buying him. I honestly, <laughs> I've seen him go in the third, second, third round, and I'm surprised. Yeah. That people are still this high on him. Um, still, after all this, still. I I just don't get it. He had the same <laughs> trouble. In L- at LSU, um, yeah, always in, in high school too. He's sensational. He's a great running back, but he's scared me even more than Melvin Gordon. Um, so I'm not taking Leonard Fournette in any of my leagues where he's at right now. Um, I don't know. I haven't even thought about where he would have to go for me to take him. But I know he's never going to go there. <laughs> no, um, no, and people they love him. I mean, he's. He went. I've seen him go at the end of the second round. Mm-hmm. In the draft board, I'm looking, they went at the three-two, and then you got uh, uh what's his face? Uh, I can't remember the coach's name down there. Uh, in Jacksonville, you know, saying he could get 330 carries. I mean, just crazy talk. That's wild. <sighs> and didn't I think? Let me let me go look this up. Well, they drafted the rookie Armquest. Right. That's what I was about to say. Is Armstead. Sorry, recall Armstead. Mm-hmm. And and he's really flying up boards. Like uh, he went he went in the thirteenth in this draft. I think same in this one, fifteenth. Uh, but yeah. I mean, he is. He, if you're gonna if you're gonna dabble in Leonard Fournette, you better draft Armstead. <laughs> Absolutely, and Alfred Blue, and Thomas Rawls. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, they have Thomas Rawls too. Yeah, like they oh, have. Geez. They have a deep running back bench. I Not see all that. Great, but I saw they have Blue. I I mean. I could see a world where blue comes in with four nets hurt, honestly. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a possibility. Um, yeah. A likely one. Dude. We're not going to go down there, bro. No, no, we'll, we'll keep going. Yeah. Um, okay, number eight, I have Naheem Hines. Uh, another guy who I think could have standing alone value, but uh, he really shined last year when Marlon Mack wasn't on the field. Um, down the stretch when Mack did come back from his injury, though, Hines was basically non-existent, which kind of gives me a little pause. Mm-hmm. Plus, we have uh, Funchess there now, Paris Campbell there now. But uh, I think there will be a few games where he catches just a ton of balls. Yeah. And if Mac does get hurt or, you know, something happens, I think he'll step right in and be, a, you know, 10 to 12-point nice floor guy every week. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, I'm looking at his, his stats from last year, or yeah, from last year, and the thing that stands out is just his receiving. Obviously, um, that's just kind of what he's known for. Kind of reminds me a lot of Theo Riddick, um, just a pass catcher. That's that's really what he does. Um, he will maybe get five to eight carries a game, um, but he's going to see also six, seven, eight targets a game. Um, so, and that's even, I would say that's even with, with Mack on the field, he would, it would go down by a couple on both of those margins. But yeah, I think Naeem Hines is a good handcuff to have like Eckler because he's going to give you um, some value even when Mack's on the field. Yeah, yep, a nice floor. Yeah, just like right. Eckler. I mean, these guys will, you know, they're not going to, I mean, they will. I mean, they'll have some, some weeks when they're down in games, like Eckler, for example. I mean, I remember some games he'd catch 10 balls in one, you know, one quarter just because he's just dumping, dumping, dumping. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's, that's big points. So. Absolutely. Okay, so yeah, Hines, uh, he was number eight. Number nine, uh, Kalen Balage. Uh, I really liked him last year coming out of Arizona State. And uh, I'm dipping my toes back in the water this year. Um, I think he's, I think he could, I, I'm not a Drake guy. I don't know where you stand on Drake. Okay. But uh, I, I think that uh, I, when Drake got hurt last year, they put him in right away. And his first run from scrimmage was 75 yards in that Vikings game in week 15. And uh, I was just yelling at the TV, like, I've been waiting for this all year. Finally, you put him <laughs> in. And, uh, I know it's just going to be a dumpster fire down there. And uh, I think he's a good handcuff to have, honestly. They might try something different sometime if they get off to a really bad start. So that's why I'm on Balage. Yeah, absolutely. Um, honestly, I would love to see Kalen Balage up this board a little bit, um, like on your top. I don't know if they're ranked, but I think he is a very valuable handcuff to have. Um, so one thing that stands out to me is – um, Kenyon Drake's, um, I guess, uncompetitiveness. Um, he's he was never. I, I've heard interviews or, or seen like quotes of his that says he was never mad about his his lack of playing time last year. Um, and I saw another one that says he's, he doesn't want more touches. He wants more wins. Like he's a I've team seen player. That. He's like a Jay Cutler of running backs. Yeah. He's kind of. So I think yeah. he will keep playing in his role. Um, but because he's not that competitive uh, edge that Kalen Balaj has, because Kalen's been on record saying that, hey, like this this, this position's open. It's going to go to the best running back, and that's me. Um, like he has that edge, he has that fire, that drive, that ambition. I think he. I agree. I think he overtakes Drake. Um, but I don't know. I think it, it also could be some sort of uh, committee in the backfield there too. Um, because Drake is not an untalented uh, player. He is he's very talented. He just was used poorly last year. He proved that in 2017. He had a, he had a good year then when he didn't have uh, Adam Gase holding him back. Um, but, yeah, I think Caleb Lodge absolutely is a very valuable um, back to have. Uh, where is he going in, in, in your drafts? Um, in my drafts, he's going right now... Uh... I might have picked him in this draft. Let me see here. No, I didn't. He is the 12-10 here, and I think he kind of floats around from the 11th through the 14th round. 
but uh, more towards the 11th, I believe. Okay, yeah, he's sitting in the back end of the 13th in this one. Yeah, and uh, you were saying about 2017. What's funny is I wrote a big uh, piece last year about trying to identify handcuff running backs, or just running backs that are going too high. And one of my arguments against Drake, why I faded him last year, was because Damian Williams was a starter ahead of Drake. Uh, Gase named him the starter for those, uh, I think, a game and a half. And then Williams got hurt, and then Drake reclaimed, uh, reclaimed uh, the role. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I've, been, I've been down on, on Drake for a while. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I think sometime, sometime this year he will. And, and if, you, if they did have a timeshare, I think Drake would look better, honestly. Yeah. Or, I mean, a Balazs, sorry. Okay, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm seeing it. You know, I didn't realize this until I'm looking at this now again, but Drake did finish as PPR a 14th back. Um, I thought he was worse than that. Um, He's pretty bunched up. Uh, I think if uh, 10, 15 points, he'd be like the 18th. or You know what I mean? It's kind of yeah. like a, a tier of... But he had a couple big games that pushed him over, mm-hmm. and he gets he gets a fair amount of targets. Like he's a, he's a pass catching back, um, and he got five touchdowns off of that and four in the, on the ground. So he had he had a fair amount of touchdowns too for for being used as, as little as he did. Right, and that was Ballage's bread and butter at uh, Arizona State, uh, catching passes. I remember, remember that one game he had like nine touchdowns, and he had like four of them were receiving touchdowns, <laughs> just something crazy. But uh, we'll move along here. Yeah. Uh, let's do our last one, number 10. Um, I do have these ranked loosely in order, but uh, this should probably be higher, but I, I'm kind of down on this situation as well. The Green Bay backfield, uh, Jamal Williams. Um, I don't trust Matt LaFleur after last year. I was really heavy on Henry, and the guy screwed him up all year in Tennessee as the offensive coordinator until, like, what, week nine or week 10 or 11 or something? Mm-hmm. Um, so I just see that happening again in Green Bay. That's kind of why I'm hesitant on Aaron Jones. I just don't trust, you know, uh, he likes to share and rotate backs. Yeah. And then they drafted Dexter Williams, who I know a lot of people who are really high on Dexter Williams. Um, I just don't see him adding much if Jones, or if Jones did get hurt. I don't see him. I mean, we saw it a few times last year. I think he had one decent game, but the others were just kind of meh, you know? Yeah. Nothing too crazy. I mean, I think they'd honestly put Dexter Williams in instead of Jamal. Yeah. Uh, I don't know much about Dexter Williams. Um, but from what I saw from Jamal Williams last year, he is, is nothing <laughs> to talk about. Um, Aaron Jones definitely is a talent. Um, and I guess my question to you about the floor is, can it really get worse, though, than Mike McCarthy not – using Aaron Jones last year. I think it can. You think so? <laughs> I really do. I just don't, I don't know, I just don't trust him. I mean, maybe it's just because of last year. About, maybe the Tennessee was just so, such a bad example. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, uh, the first three games, like Derrick Henry saw um, an average of 15 carries a game and just did nothing with him. Uh, so, i not saying he's, like, free because of that and shouldn't have, have used him more, but after the first three games of the season, watching Derrick Henry, I would have faded him too. <laughs> um, and it wasn't until he started showing himself right 
right after their bye that he started to get more and more carries every week. Sure. Yeah, I, they changed the scheme up too. I mean, they weren't doing anything yeah, to help. <laughs> I mean, you got he's got a rhythm back. You know, you got to give him. They bring in Dion Lewis. I mean, I remember I think it was week one. I, I was really heavy on Henry. And I see Dion Lewis in on the goal line. I'm like, what is going on? Oh, boy. It just drove me nuts. Yeah, when you have and, a 6'3", 250-pound man, you put him on the goal line. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you saw what he could do. I remember in uh, week 15 or whatever versus the Jaguars, I had to start him in a few leagues. And uh, I remember I was sweating. I was like, oh, do I start him or uh, – Matt Breida or, you know, some running back where, you know, who was like a nothing. But Henry didn't do much before that. Right. And you remember that game. He had like yeah. 48 fantasy points. And he could have had more, but he, he went out on the goal line. Remember to give uh, Lewis a carry. I'm like, what are you doing? That was wild. Yeah, he's like motioning him in. I'm like, no, stay in, stay in. So I, I, it sounds like you might be a little higher on Jamal Williams than me. Oh, no. I don't, I don't think or, much about Jamal Williams. Um I think Aaron Jones has all the possible, all the opportunity in the world there. Um, I think Jamal uh, was used last year primarily as a, a pass blocking back, uh, if I'm not wrong. Um, and because he was just out there that much more for pass blocking, he was sometimes used as a dump or um, just to throw off the uh, the defense. Um, so yeah. I don't think Jamal Williams is really fantasy relevant other than the fact that he is a roadblock for Aaron Jones. Right. No, no, that that's a good point. Um, let me ask you this real quick. Where, where do you uh, have Aaron Jones? Where, where do you like him at? Let's see. Like, I'm looking at him. The 3-2 I've seen him go, and then this other board I'm looking at, he went at the 4-5. Four, the four, um, well, in this... Um, this Superflex League, he went in the fifth round um, after Josh Jacobs, which was stupid. Um, but <laughs> There's some people high on him. Yeah, we, we won't go into Josh Jacobs. No. <laughs> uh, I like Aaron Jones a good bit. Um, I have him, you were mentioning um, a tier earlier with Ma- uh, Marlon Mack and uh, Michelle and, and Devonta Freeman, and I like him in that, that tier. I think right now... In my rank, this I don't have any like stat projections except for a couple of teams right now. But my just gut rankings of the top forty-five running backs, I have Aaron Jones um, sitting at fourteen, uh, which is high. Um, he's ahead of Leonard Fournette. He's ahead of Marlon Mack and Sony Michelle. Um, so I. I believe in Aaron Jones' talent. I think he has uh, he's proved himself from last year. Um, the trouble, though, which you mentioned earlier, is, is Matt LaFleur. It's just this new offensive coordinator. Sure. Yeah, no, no, that's a good point. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm really down on him. I actually got him as uh, the uh, RB25. Ooh, boy, that's... I think I might move him up a little. Well, I don't know. Well, now that we're talking about Fournette and stuff, I de- you know I definitely take Aaron Jones over Fournette, and I have Fournette at seventeen for some reason. Mm-hmm. So He's yeah, I, I got to kind of juggle these this weekend, but uh, yeah, yeah I definitely yeah he's a no go, and then probably Devonta Freeman, I'd take Jones over him too. Yeah, 
Um, yeah, I, that's what I kind of did was just think about all these players and who would I take over whom and, and, and not necessarily win, but um, just kind of putting them next to each other. Um, and somehow ended up with Aaron Jones at 14 um, with only, you know, the top two tiers taken above him. Um, sure. So I like Aaron Jones a lot. Uh, maybe that is just a uh, personal bias because I picked him up off of waivers last year and he served me well. Uh, but I, I like Riding that like, pony. Yeah, exactly. No, he's, he's a talented man. Uh, yeah. He, no, I – yeah, I'm going to kind of – uh, guys that I'm kind of biased against, like I said, I don't like to just hit the lock button, you know, and do that. Going to kind of go ahead and, like, he's a guy that I'm definitely one of the guys I'm down on that I just kind of want to hear a different opinion to kind of bring me out of it. Right. Yeah, and then Damian Williams, too. And I don't think anything will bring me out of Damian Williams, though, personally. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to be the one to do it. <laughs> well, hey, Dom, thanks a lot, man. Yeah, um, absolutely. Thanks for coming on and everything, and yeah, of course, chatting here. Um, and uh, if you ever want to do it again, buddy, just uh, give me a holler. Absolutely. Um, and we, uh, yeah, I'm excited for draft season coming up. This is going to be good. Um, thanks so much for having me on. Um, this is I've just kind of started doing, uh, you know, fantasy, vice and Twitter stuff. Um, just here recently, like a month ago. Um, and I've loved it so far, um, just looking at all the stats available. Um, I was f- so fortunate enough to be able to join Astronauts, and they have so many things on their website that will help you um, in-depth crunch stats and, and, and make these uh, differences between these guys. And so uh, I encourage you and everyone listening to check out the Astronaut site. Um, and their podcast, actually, they just released a uh, – episode very similar to this one talking about handcuff running backs um so it's great thank you so much billy Uh, i appreciate it a ton awesome hey thanks man you have a good night now you too